0: That's NOom.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host,
1: Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young. First of all, I jumped the gun on Josh Young yesterday because the Rangers didn't have a game. He will be up today and playing third base, which is super exciting, and everything I said about him yesterday still holds true today. The Rangers did make another move Thursday, optioning Ezekiel Duran to the minors and recalling Josh Smith. Given Duran's been mostly playing third base, this is likely about giving him more reps with Young taking over the hot corner. Grant needs to make more consistent hard contact, but the ingredients are there for him to be a useful player. The Yankees got back Nestor Cortez, optioning Davy Garcia to the minors to make room. Cortez only lasted four innings as he's still working his way back. Gave up two runs on two hits with two strikeouts and no walks. Just shaking off the rust and suspect he'll be back to his old self soon. Wasn't all good news for the Yanks, though, as DJ LeMayhew hit the IL due to inflammation in his toe. The Yankees were hoping to avoid an IL stint, but obviously they couldn't. They were called Miguel Anjahar to take his place. Anjar was already with the team after serving as the extra man for the doubleheader on Wednesday. Thursday, Anjar had a pretty solid game, two for three, he had a walk, hit his first home run of the season, scored a run and drove into as the DH hitting sixth in the lineup. He'll probably get continued playing time. I just wouldn't count on him to do a whole lot with it, given his track record. The Brewers got Mike Brousseau back from the IL. Brousseau let off both games of their doubleheader with the Giants and got two total plate appearances going 0 for 1 with a walk and a run scored. The Giants used a left-handed opener in both games and Brousseau was pulled after the right-handed follower came in. So that's how he's going to be used just to face lefties. To make room for him, Esteori Ruiz was optioned to AAA. Ruiz never really got a shot. He only had nine plate appearances with Milwaukee. The Giants called up super tall Sean Jelly as their 26th man, and he continued an interesting trend to performing better in the bigs and AAA. In very limited big league innings, he has a better K rate, better walk rate, and better overall line. Thursday, he was the follower. Went 5 innings, struck out 6, walked 2, allowed just 1 earned run, and that scored after he left. He gave up 3 hits. That brought his MLB season line to a 1.75 FIP. Interested to see if he gets more chances. The Tigers recall Joey Wentz, an option relief pitcher Luis Castillo, no, not that Luis Castillo to the minors. Wentz will start for the Tigers today against Kansas City, replacing the DFA'd Michael Pineda. Wentz has been better than his 8.10 MLB ERA looks, but not good enough that I'm getting overly excited about him just yet. Worth watching, and it's not a bad matchup. Detroit also got Jonathan Scope back from the IL, and option Josh Lester to make room. The Angels are getting Michael Lorenzen back today, and he will be on the Hill at Houston, which Yeah, not fun. Welcome back, though. Not back yet, but soon we should see Wander Franco in a Rays lineup, maybe even today. He's meeting the team in New York should be back this weekend. That could mean today. We'll have to wait and see. Franco hasn't been a fantasy stud, and honestly, he isn't likely to save your season, but if you drafted him, you need him, and you'll be very glad to have him back. He's also just a super fun, talented young player, and it's great news that he'll be back on the field. Freddy Peralta left the Brewers game early with fatigue in his throwing shoulder. His velocity was down, and he already had his start pushed back. Now it sounds like he's headed to the IL. We'll have to wait for more information to see how long he's out, but he can't come back until the last two weeks of the season, if then, and I would not want to rely on him at this point. Peralta struck out three and walked two in two innings, hadn't allowed a hit or a run when he was removed. Victor Robles was a late scratch from the Nats lineup and his replacement Alex Call was four for five with a home run double, two runs, five RBIs. Not bad for being thrown into the fire. No report that Robles will miss much time, but watch lineups today. Call has certainly earned some more opportunities with that performance, though he's not a guy that I think you need to add except that maybe in the deepest of leagues. Finally, Hubert Ruiz hit with a foul tip and had to go to the hospital with swollen testicles. I hope I never have to use that phrase on this podcast again. I also hope he's doing better and back soon. but. Can't blame a guy if he wants a day off after that. On the field on Thursday, the Nats had a handful of interesting performances, including Luke Voigt going 2-for-3 with two walks, and C.J. Abrams going 2-for-5 with two runs and an RBI. Neither's done what we hoped this year, but both have difference-making talent. Voigt, who homered yesterday, could be a nice power source down the stretch, while Abrams, who just had his third multi-hit game in five days after having four all season prior to that, could provide middle infield depth and speed. Meanwhile, after I called out the cards as a potential homer party on yesterday's pod, given they were facing Josiah Gray, the only Cardinal to homer was Yadi Molina, but he did it twice, doubling his season total from two to four. I think that's just one of those crazy things that happened. I doubt he hits two more the rest of the way. Seiya Suzuki doubled and homered in four plate appearances, a continuation of a recent hot streak that dates back to late August. How you view Suzuki probably depends on what you're comparing him to. He has a 115 WRC plus in his first season in MLB, and that's not half bad. But he had four home runs in his first nine games and has only eight in the 88 since then. He's been a below average bat, a 95 WRC plus, outside that nine-game stretch. Extending his recent performance through the end of the year would be a nice launching pad for his 2023 campaign. But right now, it's hard to see him being the star he looked like ever so briefly. Finally, speaking of guys who are not the stars we thought they might be, Yon Mancata, my goodness, five of six, his eighth and ninth home runs, three runs, five RBIs. He doubled as well just for good measure. I'm not a Moncada fan, but this was a huge day, and if you need a third baseman, maybe he gets hot. A few more home runs around the game. Kyle Farmer hit his 10th. Chuck Peterson is 22nd. Nick Maton is third. Luan Diaz his second. Joey Wendell, his third. Carlos Correa hit his 18th, Elvis Andrews his 12th, Iloy Jimenez got number 11, and Romy Gonzalez hit his 2nd. That was part of a 4-hit, 3-run, 3-RBI night for Gonzalez. Stolen bases, just a few. Alfonso Rivas swiped his 4th, Jace Peterson his 11th, Roddy Tellez trucked his way to stolen base number 2, and Isaiah Kiner falefa stole his 18th. Looking at the pitchers, some big aces on the mound, and Corbin Burns looked very much ace-like giving up just one run and three hits while striking out 14 without a walk over six innings. That got him his 10th win. He had 26 whiffs and a 49% CSW. That is the highest CSW for a game this season. What an insane start for Burns, helping the Brewers to a huge sweep of the Giants, inching them a little bit closer to that third and final wildcard spot. Dylan Cease padded his Cy Young resume against the A's, going six shutout innings, three hits, two walks, and nine K's. Pretty much par for the course for him, especially against a weak Oakland lineup. Sandy Alcantara, who was the other legit ace going Thursday, didn't fare as well. He got a quality start going 6, but gave up 3 runs on 8 hits, 7 strikeouts, no walks. You kind of want better rates from him and, to be honest, more innings. That might not be fair, but hey, Sandy, you're the one who made us believe we could get 8 every time. I suggested Adrian Sampson as a possible streamer. If you listened, hopefully you didn't need strikeouts. 6 innings, 1 run, 5 hits, 0 walks, but just 1K. That's pretty frustrating and makes him a tough streaming case. Ideally, you want your streamers to at least offer some guaranteed value. Cubs aren't winning, and he isn't racking up Ks, so he doesn't really do that. I also like Kyle Gibson as a streamer, and he got more Ks than Sampson. He had two. He went five innings, giving up four runs and nine hits and a walk against the Marlins. He gets the Marlins again, and he handled them much better the last time he faced them. So I would run him out there again, but... This is the risk with him. Luis Sessa, on the other hand, may have entered the streamer chat. He just missed a quality start going five and two-thirds, giving up two runs on three hits, zero walks, eight strikeouts. Great stuff all around, and he gets Pittsburgh next. Josiah Gray struggled again as expected, giving up four runs on six hits, three walks in three and a third innings, striking out three. But the bigger surprise was Adam Wainwright giving up four runs and nine hits over five innings to the Nationals. He has much tougher matchups coming, so this is concerning. And I'll be honest, I don't have Adam Wainwright on any of my teams, and I'm pretty glad I don't because I worry about him fading hard down the stretch. The first follower for the Giants Thursday was Jacob Junis, who went six innings, allowing two runs on three hits, and two walks with four strikeouts. That wasn't enough since he was facing Burns, but it's another solid performance from Junis, who continues to be a useful pitcher, whatever his role. Turns out Sonny Gray can pitch just fine in New York. Six innings of two-run ball for the Twins. He allowed seven hits and a walk, striking out seven. Twins are bouncing around the central most of the rest of the way, which is an awfully good situation for Gray and his rotation mates. J.P. Sears, well, we knew the bottom might fall out eventually, and it sure did Thursday. Two innings, eight hits, and a walk, six runs. He had a couple strikeouts, but big yuck. I don't think I'm touching him the rest of the season. Out of the bullpens, Alexis Diaz got the win for the Reds, but gave up a solo home run in an inning and two-thirds of work. He struck out three. Ian Jabot followed him to get his first save, striking out two and allowing a hit in an inning. If the Reds have a save shot again tonight, Diaz won't be available, so it could be Hunter Strickland getting that. Meanwhile, the Cubs pen blew two leads, leaving Mark Leiter Jr. and Rowan Wick with blown saves. Not a great situation for that bullpen, and it's, boy, there's really no one in that pen performing well consistently. With the Brewers winning two close ones, they were happy to have two closers. Devin Williams went first, putting down the Giants 1-2-3 on 12 pitches without a strikeout to end the first game. That was his 11th save, while Taylor Rogers got his 31st save, striking out the side in order in Game 2. David Robertson took a blown save for the Phillies, his 7th. He gave up two runs, one of them earned on two hits and a walk in an inning, striking out the side in the process. Dylan Floro pitched the eighth, trailing by one. Once Robertson gave up the lead, he stayed in for the ninth and took the win for the fish, thanks to that blown save. The Twins pen was shaky, but got the job done. Jorge Lopez gave up a run, and it could have been worse as he allowed a hit and walked two in two-thirds of an inning. Michael Fulmer got the save, but not before loading the bases and getting a huge strikeout. If Gleyber Torres puts the ball in play, Fulmer very likely blows the save. Instead, he got his third save on the season. Lopez is still the guy there, but he isn't super reliable and may not always get the ninth, as happened Thursday. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the weekend. Welcome back. Before we look at what's going on on the field, let's look at what's going on in the skies with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank
0: you very much. And we have a strange weather situation today where all the eastern and central games are going to be fine. The one game to watch really closely is San Diego as some tropical moisture from The Baja Peninsula of California and Mexico travels northward and threatens them. Um, Very unusual situation for Southern California to have some rain in September, but here you are. Um, They look like it should be spotty enough that
1: they play the game, but it's so uncertain in Southern California when they get some rain. So that's something to keep an eye on. Anyways, other than that, it's good to go and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for a streamer Friday, Dylan Bundy gets the listless Guardians in a huge AL Central showdown. The Guardians can't hit anything right now. I would definitely take that shot. Brian Bayo, another option. The O's can hit, but Camden is a nice park to pitch in these days, and bayo has been great in his last couple starts. If you're looking for hitters to use, the Phils are at home against Patrick Corbin, and that feels like a recipe for a national disaster. And with Michael Lorenzen just back and getting a tough matchup with Houston, the Angels are probably going to get into their bullpen early. That's not a great situation for them either. Should line up real well for the Astros. As for what to watch, there's a lot to watch because it's getting down to the wire here. Two of my favorite young pitchers are going, so we'll start there. Nick Lodolo and Roansy Contreras both have starts tonight, and I'll be Paying attention to what both of them do, but my eyes will be on the Guardians and Twins. Not only am I a Cleveland fan, but just one and a half games separate those two atop the Central. The White Sox are just a half game behind the Twins. That division could get wild. Along the same lines, the Mets need to feast on the Marlins while Atlanta is in Seattle. Man, I just love pennant races. So excited we're down to this part of the season. Should be a fun finish. Before you worry about those pennant races, though, make sure to go over to PitcherList, check out the SP Roundup, Batters Box, and Reliever Ranks, figure out what you need to do for your team in the stretch run, then sit back, enjoy baseball, and I'll be back with you tomorrow.